Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah, could I have a number three with cheese and uh, a large coffee? Man, does this smell good. Wolfing down your lunch. <laughs> Serving up today's top sports stories with Wolf and Luke. Hey boys. Presented by Stadium Swim at Circa Resort and Casino, Las Vegas' ultimate sports fan destination. All right, it's noon on a Monday. It is time for Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Aaron Maloney is here. Aaron. So the Arizona State Sun Devils are dancing in the first four in Dayton. ASU will play against Nevada for the number 11 seed in the West region on Wednesday. Here's Bobby Hurley. You know, there's a lot of ups and downs along the way. And uh, just really excited for the kids. Uh, they wanted it badly. I think we put together the type of season that uh, that was more than deserving for this opportunity. And uh, it was just a lot of joy and happiness in my house today. So it was just uh, great to see the guys. Uh, get to celebrate and all the work they put in. And, you know, we've had our backs against the wall now since probably the Bay Area. Like we all have almost been playing for our season since then. So it's uh, it's good to be able to take a deep breath. And uh, and now it's on to the next step in, uh, in preparing for Nevada, which uh, Dez and Warren are going to be uh, involved in, in that scouting report. So our Sanderson Ford poll question is up now at ArizonaSports.com, and it asks, how far do you think ASU hoops will go in the NCAA tournament? Your choices, lose to Nevada in first four, lose to TCU in round of 64, lose in round of 32, reach Sweet 16 or further. You know, here's the thing about ASU base and Orleans. They can lock it down defensively. They can. They do an excellent job from time to time, granted. But more times than not, they do an excellent job on the defensive end of the floor. And you would imagine what? No, you're right. You would imagine that the tournament would bring their best out in them. And because of that, I could see them getting to the round of 32 for the first time since, what, 09? Yeah. Um, man. Even that, I would consider that a, a success. If they could just, just I mean, you, I guess it would take them two wins, but take what, uh, what usually takes a team one win to get to that point. They should beat Nevada, but again, ASU, they could rattle off three straight wins in this tournament, four straight wins, it wouldn't shock me, or they could lose to Nevada by 20. I mean, that's just kind of what ASU is, but I, I, I do think they beat Nevada. TCU's legit. But, uh, yeah, I'll round up. Let's let's say they get to the uh, the round of 32. Let's do it. So 44% say lose to TCU in round of 64. 22% lose in round of 32. 22% say lose to Nevada in first four. And then 12% reach sweet 16 or further. We'll have to see what the BPI says, huh, Wolf? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot to check their BPI before I answered that question. NFL free agency has officially opened as the legal tampering period got underway this morning at 9 a.m. Arizona time. One big deal that went down earlier today, former Eagle Javon Hargrave has reached an agreement on a four-year $80 million deal that includes $40 million guaranteed at signing with the San Francisco 49ers. Jimmy Garoppolo agreed to a three-year $67.5 million deal with the Raiders. And this just coming out, according to Trey Wingo, Aaron Rodgers to the Jets is done. What? And the one thing that's interesting is because there are some, you know, like 
Garrett Wilson just tweeted out, y'all should see the smile on my face right now. Okay, so it is done. I mean, it makes sense, right? Why would the Raiders go out and sign Garoppolo, too? And, yeah. and Rodgers, it, it doesn't seem like Green Bay wants him back. I mean, it, it kind of seemed like it was Jets or Retire or Raiders. And then when the Raiders made their play. I just cannot believe it. <laughs> so is that like legitimately done? They're just I working Garrett Wilson it? also just tweeted, I can finally enjoy my vacay now. Wow. Well, maybe he lost his credit card and he just got it back or okay. something. Okay. Look out for the New York that. Jets. And the reason why I say that is that defense is no joke. Uh, they're no joke at all. Good receivers, and, too. Yeah, they've got Aaron hey, Rodgers. Look out. you got Aaron Rodgers. And Aaron Rodgers that is going to be focused, locked in. Oh, man. Not licking toads. Yeah. yeah. You think that's in his contract? Be, uh, yeah, right. I, I'd put it in there. So we'll see kind of what comes out and if this is 100%. But Trey Wingo says it is. And if you are... Thinking anything about Garrett Wilson tweeting those things out. I mean, Ian Rappaport says that he wishes something had happened, but nothing has happened right now. So okay. who knows? It's just a beautiful mystery, right, guys? Uh, always. Has, uh, has Sauce Gardner tweeted anything out? He's just been tweeting about Aaron Rodgers for like three weeks. Look, just keep your tongue off, toads. All right? <laughs> So, Wolf, with Javon Hargrave off the board, what do you expect from the Cardinals in free agency? Is there another player that you'd like to see them go get? He is he is tweeting, actually, Garrett Wilson and Brees Hall right now. <laughs> Sauce Gardner is. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. All right, sorry, wow. go ahead. Okay. Um, yeah, I've already said I'd like to see them go out and get Zach Allen and get Calvin Beecher and get Will Hernandez. Bring guys like that back. Go out and identify other guys outside of the organization who are pros. Not going to break the bank by any stretch of the imagination. Bring them in because they're pros. That's what I want inside that locker room. Pros. Am I supposed to read into the fact too that they haven't they haven't resigned Byron Murphy? If you don't do that, then you got to go. <laughs> Corners is, is a huge area of need. I mean, how much can you really? How much can you completely overhaul your roster in one off season? Because those guys you just rattled off, and I throw Murphy in there too. You if can you, do it a lot. Well, we're going to find out because if you let Hernandez and Murphy and Zach Allen and Kelvin Beecham go, if you let them go, in addition to all the other holes you had to fill from guys leaving, in addition to all the other holes you had to fill because you weren't good enough last yes. year, that's a lot. A lot, a lot, a lot. I, I think you definitely want to bring in a lot of new faces because that culture has got to be built from the ground up. The Arizona Diamondbacks and outfielder Corbin Carroll have agreed to an eight-year contract extension. MLB.com Steve Gilbert first reported the deal was worth $111 million guaranteed with a club option for 2031, bringing the total to $134 million. Here's Mike Hazen. He's come into this organization. Uh, he has been a model in so many different ways of what we are looking for in an Arizona Diamondback player. And this is a culmination of a, you know, um, him grinding through the minor leagues very quickly. I should probably shouldn't use the word grind. Um, rocketing through the minor league system, getting up to our major league team, 
um, making an immediate impact and we feel going to make an impact for years to come. And very fortunate to be able to say that he's going to be here now um, for a long time. What was your reaction? How do you think such a young player will respond to getting paid so quickly? I think it's I, that at least the mindset, at least the philosophy of what they're doing is what you have to do. This, like I said earlier, is, is to me the D-backs version of going all in now. It, it, it can't be we're going to throw a bunch of money at a guy based on what he's done in the past. They have to kind of be psychic. But if you do it right, you can be a legit contender in a couple years. And you got to build everything around, not just Corbin Carroll, but now obviously he's the, the clear centerpiece of it all because he's the one that's already gotten paid. Yeah, this is a great move by the Arizona Diamondbacks, in my opinion. You know, most teams, of course, are paying for production. They are paying for projections. And I love the fact they're taking a proactive approach on this in signing Corbin Carroll. And I think it's great for Corbin Carroll as well. And I expect him to only get better going forward and become the culture of the Arizona Diamondbacks. All right, that was Wolf and Down Your Lunch. Thank you, Aaron. As always, text Valley to 620-620 and become a Phoenix Suns insider to get all the latest and breaking news on the Suns and their quest for an NBA championship. That's Valley to 620-620. We come back. What are ASU's chances now that they are officially in March Madness? They play on Wednesday. We'll get into that next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke. Arizona Sports, the Sports Leader. Hi, welcome back to the show. It's Wolf and Luke on a Monday afternoon now. And uh, we've got March Madness coming up. Actually, you've got the first four games starting tomorrow, Wolf. And so for the purposes of filling out your bracket, okay, you don't really have to worry about those games. But if you live in the Valley, you're now worried about one of those games because ASU's playing Nevada on Wednesday. And the winner of that will play TCU on Friday. And look, I mean, this is the definition of skipping steps and some big steps. (laughs) But it's the bracket, so I feel like it's allowed. If ASU were to beat Nevada and TCU and make it to the round of 32 and GCU could upset Gonzaga, they're playing each other in the round of 32. Oh my goodness. That would be incredible right there. Just absolutely stunning. Can you imagine this city? (laughs) Out of its mind. There's so, I mean... And there's been, you know, let's face it, there's been a little bit of animosity it, it, between GCU and ASU from like time the, to time. The, the kind of glowing embers of a potential rivalry, right? <laughs> but they just haven't played very much. You know, GCU's only been tournament eligible for a few years. But if they were to ever meet in the tournament, let alone this weekend, <laughs> this place would go crazy. And this... This is probably the easiest path they would have to meeting each other just because there's not a lot of games that would have to be won. They each just have to make it, just have to, to the second half of the first weekend of the tournament. And the, the apparently the bracket uh, makers have a sense of humor, and they have those two lined up. It would be a huge upset for GCU to beat Gonzaga, obviously. And it would take two wins for ASU, and it would be an upset over TCU. TCU is a better team than ASU, but ASU is capable of beating a team like TCU. Yeah, or they Baylor. are. They, they are, are capable if they make their shots, of course, because they can lock it down on the defensive side of the floor. That, that to me, always gives a team a chance. If, if you have the proclivity 
activity from time to time, of being able to lock it down defensively. The way that ASU has shown from time to time this season, that always gives you a chance for the upset. And... You know, I, I I think he, most people would say, yeah, that would be an upset if they beat TCU, but I, I don't think it's a huge upset. Yeah, it, it would be, what, it would be an 11 over a 6. I mean, it's it would be an upset, but it wouldn't be some ridiculous upset. I get the Big 12 was really good this year, and TCU's, you know, a reason why the Big 12 is so good, but... Those upsets happen in the tournament. Like that's what March Madness is, right? Nobody ever, nobody ever fills out their bracket in their first day of the tournament. An eleven beat a six. Who could have possibly seen this coming? That stuff happens a lot, and so ASU's got to get by Nevada first. But just keep an eye on that West region and that one corner of it with uh, with ASU and GCU right next to each other on the uh, yeah. on the bracket sheet right now. Just really um, happy for Bobby Hurley as well. Uh, it'd be great if they beat Nevada and actually got into the field of sixty four. It'd be fantastic, of course. But happy for Bobby Hurley. I love his coaching style. I know there's a lot of people out there that don't love. His coaching style. There's a lot of people out there that don't like the fact that he's so animated on on the uh, bench. What are you laughing? At? I just, I mean, he jumped into a swimming pool yesterday. <laughs> who says I he's know. animated? That's who he is, though. The passion is always there, and there's a lot of people that believe he's got to he's got to tamp that down just a little bit. That he allows his emotions, his emotions to get the best of him from time to time. I, I, I love it. I do. I love it. But I'm willing to admit not every kid today does love that. Having said that, I would love to see him get the opportunity to get into the field of 64 and get that opportunity of upsetting TCU. So here's the here's the, the tournament bid announcement for ASU. Again, it was the last region that got revealed. They'll play winner of the first four game in Dayton. Wednesday, it'll be the Arizona State Sun Devils out of the Pac-12 taking on the Wolfpack of Nevada. A couple of weeks ago, right here on CBS, we saw Desmond Cambridge of yep. Arizona State think I half-court shot to win at Arizona, put them in the tournament. He will never pay for another meal in Tempe again. Yeah, how big was that shot against U of A? If he doesn't hit that, they're not in the tournament. Yeah. Like, let's not <laughs> pretend that they are. They're not. That was, you're, you're willing to say that. They, they're, they're not. They're not. Yeah, you're, you're probably if right. They, if they were that close on the bubble and with yeah, the win in Tucson, right. if they don't have that, I don't think they get in. Yeah, you're, you're, you're right about that. Um, you know, again, I, I keep talking about the defense with the Sun Devils as well. And did you know they're 14-0 and when allowing 65 points or fewer? No. Did you know that? You, I did not you're know that. You're so on with the defense because I know everybody fills out their brackets different ways. And I know you like the BPI. And I, have you even looked at the BPI for anything yet? Or you, you, no. Okay. Um, but for me... See, that's the great thing about the BPI. You'll have to. It takes five <laughs> seconds. <laughs> you just don't worry about it, ladies and gentlemen. But you, the BPI. You remove yourself from the equation. What am I? I'm going to sit here and act like I'm watching college football every Tuesday night? No. Or college basketball every Tuesday night? No. I'm not doing that. 
So, again, um, I'm going to trust somebody who does watch It burned college. you last year, so it's due to it help did, you this year. It did, but again, I've won it three times. So, yeah, I'm I just feel like that number right goes now. up every year. No, it's been three, Luke. <laughs> you just don't well, like the fact so, so that have I've you got won the tripod. Or has the BPI won it three times? Like, when you win, are you like, all hail BPI, or um, do you take the credit no, for it? No, of course I take the credit for it. <laughs> See, that's the great thing about the BPI right now. You take the credit credit for it. Of course, you were the one that had the humility to actually look at it and say, you know what? They know a lot more than I'll ever know. So I'm going to go with them. Everyone else is, I know more than these people who sit around with their pocket protectors and understand the BPI. This is what I'm going to do, okay? I'm just saying. I'm going to fill out my bracket. It's your own ego that gets in the way. Usually does, yes. I'm going to fill out the BPI bracket exactly like yours, but I'm going to change one game that I see as like egregious, and then I'll be guaranteed to beat Wolf if I just get that one game right. Yeah, right. Yeah. And the BPI. Go ahead. Change oh, the BPI. No. Go ahead and do it. <laughs> Is that like traveling back in time That's and, right. and, and altering the future or something? I, I can't tell you how many guys I know, Basin Onions, here at the station, that know so much more about college basketball in general than I will ever know, and yet I own them. Come bracket time. So I will tell you this. This is the where I was going originally with that. I've I tend to do decent in the brackets, but <laughs> I didn't when I used to cover college basketball because it's almost like you you're like exactly. Wait, it's the exactly, more you know, the more it burns. That's you. exactly right, Luke. It's one of the reasons why. Again, if you. If you ever listen to me pick an NFL game, I'm really bad at it. <laughs> really, really bad at it, man. Well, but college basketball seems to be the extreme this time of year because there's just there's going to be upsets for ASU. This, and to your point, where I was going with all this, one of the things I I like to look for is how a team defends. You know, I mean, I, I oh I, yeah, no, that's huge. Teams that can't hit free throws worry me as far as like taking them deep. <laughs> oh, yeah, and, and I do tend to like teams with a little more experience to maybe pull an upset because that's how you know whatever a twelve seed might beat a five. If that five seeds a lot of freshmen, the twelve seeds a bunch of guys have played together for three or four years. But defense really is the great equalizer because it is best of one. So that's why ASU is capable of beating some really good teams. They got to hit their shots. And when they don't hit their shots, it's like ugly. Like you watch ASU and you're like, oh, they're not going to score 10 points tonight. Yeah. But they have that defense and that gives them a chance. It's just so cool. It really is that defense. Again, 14 and 0 when allowing 65 points or fewer for the Sun Devils right now. And Nevada, this, this is a team that it seems to be the arc is going down right now. They entered the tournament on a three game losing streak, losing to to three teams that are not in the tournament, Wyoming, UNLV, and San Jose State. Think about that. Their, their arc is heading down right now. Now, maybe that makes them more desperate. That's one of the great things about the tournament, what it does to a kid who's 18 and fighting for his his athletic life, if you will, out on the floor. I love to see that. And you also have to remember, too, that Nevada lost to double-digit seeds in their last two NCAA appearances. So take that, Wolfpack. <laughs> Well, you can't root against the wolf pack. It's a pack of wolves. You can in this case, though. Real quick. Yes, and by the way, I am. There's <laughs> Bobby Hurley on how he has evolved as a coach since the last time ASU made the tournament. Um, I mean, I think that I have a better feel for who I am, really, and and uh, you know what I value 
I, I think I've worked on on trying to be um, a little less volatile and, and just keeping my composure more and let my guys feed off a, a more compo- composed version of myself. I mean, I I still get after it and very passionate, and and will still from time to time stray with the officials. But uh, I, I've worked hard on that just to to be more rock solid. And I, I you know, all year when we've been down, man, I've been telling these guys we're going to win. We're going to come. We're going to find a way to win. We're going to come back and 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 we believe in each other. So it's pretty special to have a group that. You know, that is uh, that believes in what we're doing. Oh, my goodness. We have no time to talk about that. And it's jam packed with everything that I love about Bobby Hurley. We'll play it again. We got a couple of days before their their game on Wednesday night against Nevada. I like the from time to time. He still gets a little off track with the officials. Like Bobby is who Bobby is. Yes, yes <laughs> he is. Volatile. And I get you want to evolve. But he does. Certainly. He's got to. But yeah, no, and but you you know you, you are who you are too. Uh, all right, text us your thoughts to the Findle text line at six twenty six twenty. Right now, we come back. The Chicago Bears already traded the number one overall pick in this year's draft. We're still six weeks away. So, what does that do to the Cardinals and that number three pick? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Well, we already have a trade in the NFL draft over the weekend, even though the NFL draft's not for a month and a half. And it was the biggest trade you could possibly make, Wolf. Huge. Number one pick getting dealt from Chicago to Carolina for four picks and DJ Moore. So here we go. Just stunning right there. I I did not expect that to come down um, this early. Maybe a week before the draft. Even even 14 days before the draft, somewhere a window. How long? I, we're what five weeks, six weeks, six weeks, six weeks from the draft. Yeah, that is. I honestly, I did not expect to see that. The pressure point of the draft. That six is and a half one weeks. thing. But man, for this to get done now, Carolina might actually get a better offer. <laughs> For the first round pick, they might actually get a better offer for the number one pick overall than what they had to get it for. All right, so what do you make of this? This is Jeremy Fowler yesterday. Says the Panthers are deciding, not that they have their their quarterback already lined up, not that they're deciding between two. He says they're deciding between three quarterbacks at number one. I'm sure in their heart of hearts they probably know, uh, but as far as what they're portraying or what people are saying behind the scenes, no. I think um, you know, with 47 days before the draft, my understanding is they have up to three quarterbacks in mind. It's, it's of course Bryce Young and T.J. Stroud, and then uh, one wild card that could be Will Levis or Anthony Richardson. You know, they they really have no rush now. They just want to get in position to be able to do what they want, and they could back out into another spot. You know, like let's say fall in love with I don't know Le- Will Levis, right? Then you know you can get him at three most likely. You could move back two spots. So there's just there's stuff you could do to to maneuver, and uh, you know I think they wanted that flexibility. <laughs> you gotta be what is going on. <laughs> you've gotta be kidding me. Why would the Bears again? I'll go back to it and say why would they do that, knowing that there would be somebody who might actually offer them more. I uh, that is yeah that's really incredible right there. I'm trying to process that. You don't say, you're, you're not nearly as as. 
Well, perplexed as no, I am. No, I'm, I'm a little that. perplexed. I mean, I'm just trying to think, like, how is has Chicago Bears fan going to take it if in three weeks Carolina trades the pick for more than they just <laughs> traded for it? Bears fans are, well, are already kind of stressed out. It would out. be more. Yeah. That's, of course, it would be more. This, this is fascinating right now because you're talking about, okay, three quarterbacks. That means Anthony Richardson for the most part, most people think. I mean, Will Levis has mayonnaise in his coffee, so it can't be him. Well, yeah, but it could be. It still could be, but but amazing they, coffee. The Carolina Panthers wanted they wanted to be sitting in the seat of decision, where they were going to have the right to pick whomever they wanted. They wanted to be able to do that. Here comes all the analogy right now, and all of the analysis, everything they're they're going to do going forward. They're going to be looking at this guy under a microscope. Whatever quarterback that is, on the field, off the field, they're going to go to great lengths to make sure they're getting the right guy. And all of that puts the Arizona Cardinals right now in a really good position. Really good. Well, that might be why I don't seem so confounded by this because I'm just thinking about what it does for the Cardinals. I don't really understand why the Bears would be like we got to take this offer now. We only have 42 days till the draft. Um, but whatever, that's their issue, right? And now the Cardinals, I think you're in you're in prime position because yes, Carolina could trade out of the number one spot, but probably at least the odds are that they wouldn't. It, it's not impossible because there's so much time, but the odds are that they wouldn't. I just fully believe in the desperation of teams that need quarterbacks and to the point of almost like being delusional, especially in these weeks leading up to the draft when nothing actually happens. There might be a pro day. Zach Wilson might throw a nice 60-yard pass to nobody with nobody covering him, and the Jets might be like, that's our guy, and then you know regret it forever. There might be a a couple pro days, but nothing's actually happening, and yet quarterbacks are only going to move up the board. If if we know the top two picture quarterbacks, and then we think the third and fourth will be somewhere else in the top ten, they're only moving up. See, here's the great thing about it as I as I see this, and I'm starting to drool a little bit. Somebody give me the bucket. Um, <laughs> Please. The Indianapolis Colts, Basinonians, would you say they need a quarterback? Would you say that, Luke? Yeah. They need, ooh, they, yes. They need You are right. They need a quarterback. And, oh, look, where are they? Oh, they're number four. When is four not number three, Basinonians? <laughs> when is four, you're number four, and the Cardinals are number three? And let's see if the first two quarterbacks are gone. Boy, wouldn't that be great if you needed a quarterback to get to number three? And what would you be willing to get to number three to move up in front of the Indianapolis Colts, who we all know need a quarterback? Well, especially if, if people, if, if word starts to come out that Carolina, that wild card quarterback that Jeremy Fowler was talking about, would mean Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud would still be there at three. Exactly right. Can you imagine if that happened? Oh, my goodness. Here's uh, This is Jordan Reed yesterday. He says, yeah, expect 
quarterbacks to go one, two, three? I would be surprised if we didn't get four in the top seven, honestly, um, or even the top four picks. That wouldn't surprise me either, depending on what Arizona does at number three overall. If I had to guess right now, I think we get three quarterbacks to go one, two, three consecutively, just because if I'm the Colts, Sitting there at number four overall, I'm getting a little bit antsy now, especially with the Panthers who were behind me. Now they traded up. So I think it's a definite, well, I shouldn't say definite, I think it's likely that quarterbacks go one and two. And then depending on what Arizona does at three, whether it's the Colts coming up from number four overall to number three, giving them some extra picks to slide up one spot, or the Las Vegas Raiders could come in from number seven overall to that third spot to jump to leapfrog the Colts. There's a lot in there. It's loaded. It is loaded in favor of the Arizona Cardinals sitting there at number three right now because of the Colts at number four. Can you imagine they're sitting there? I love this guy. I love this guy. Oh, good. The first quarterback on. That's not our guy. Oh, good. The second quarterback. That's not our guy. And all of a sudden, the Raiders move up to number three right in front of them and grab the guy they wanted. That's not going to happen. Can't risk it at quarterback. You can't can't. risk it at quarterback. And that's probably the best case scenario for the Cardinals, right? Trade down to four. You still get Will Anderson and you add picks. Okay, what, what what could you possibly get for moving down one spot? Now, now, listen, I know Jimmy Johnson, of course, is famous for his draft board. I'm sure you've all heard about this, the draft board, of course. Jimmy Johnson was the first guy to come up with that draft board. And he, he assigned numbers to picks. Those numbers, of course, had to all add up. If we were going to trade a high pick for lower picks, they all had to add up. And he was the first guy to do it. Now everybody has got a draft board, ladies and gentlemen. Everybody has got a a draft system that they use based on what Jimmy Johnson did. He was the first guy to do it right now. So for me, it's fascinating. What could they possibly give up? The Colts. To get to number three, well, here, to make sure nobody jumps in front of them. And, and I was just looking this up as you were talking just to make sure I have it right, because you, yes, everybody, every slot has a value now, right? But it, it also kind of goes out the window when you're talking about a quarterback at the top of the draft. So yes. Going back to the Mitch Trubisky trade, the trade for the, the Bears moving up to take Trubisky, right? So San Francisco gave up the number two pick, moved down one spot. So, I mean, that's similar to this, right? This would be the Cardinals moving from three to four. The the Niners moved from two to three. So the Bears, to move up one spot, gave up the number three pick, a third rounder, a fourth rounder, and then a later third rounder. So if you're telling me the Cardinals dropped one spot, got two-thirds and a fourth, and yeah. were able to take Will Anderson? <laughs> Can you imagine how awesome that would be? That's how you do it. That's that's exactly how you do it right there. More on this as the show unfolds. The Madness tips off Thursday, and with it comes your chance to win over $3,000 worth of prizes in the Arizona Sports Bracket Bucks, presented by Santan Ford and Schwartz Laser Eye Center. Just text BUCKS to 620-620 to fill out your bracket and compete in the Madness. That's BUCKS to 620-620. When we come back, the Suns are in action tonight in Golden State of all places. What does Kevin Ray want to see from them as they take on the Warriors? We're going to ask the Suns broadcaster for Bally Sports. Sports. Game day with K Ray is next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Catch it in from the corner. Wolf and Luke. Bring 
Bees, the boom, and catching bodies on his way to the rack. Suns, game day with K-Ray. I'm ready for whatever. I'm ready for whatever. Yeah, Suns taking on the Warriors in Golden State, too. Or in the Bay Area, I guess the better way to put it, where Golden State's actually good this year. Kevin Ray of Valley Sports joining us on the Arizona Sports line right now. K-Ray, what's going on? How we doing? Happy Monday, boys. Yeah, it's going well, Kay, for the most part. Um, thank you for calling in. We appreciate you honoring your segment, Kay. <laughs> we know, <laughs> you know, right now I, I look at it and you're talking about a team in uh, the Golden State Warriors that they've won five, they've lost three, yet they beat the Bucks. <laughs> you know, I mean, who is this team? What is going on with them right now? <laughs> Uh, well, that's that's been the you know this, this million dollar question all season long. I mean, they they look like a defending champion at home, um, but on the road, it's it's just a very different team. Um, you know, defensively is really at, at the core of their problems um, and at the core of their success at home. You know, at home, they're holding opponents to thirty two percent shooting from beyond the arc. On the road, opponents are shooting almost forty two percent. Um, so it's it's as head scratching and perplexing, uh, you know, a, a scene as as I remember, and and you know, I'm sure Steve Kerr is more than more than perplexed uh, because this is a you know defending championship team. And granted, they've had some injuries and absences. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, who you know is a big part of that run last year and really the last two years, has been sidelined. You know, the last the last eleven games, he won't be playing tonight. Uh, so that that is part of it but uh, yeah you know they they were down by they were down by eight against the uh the, the bucks on saturday night and keep in mind Giannis did not play in that game but they were down by eight points with just under two minutes to go and finished the game on an 11-3 scoring run got it to overtime and you know steph turned into steph in the fourth quarter in overtime and they you know they come away with a win so um, you know, you, all you need to know is they're the Warriors. They have Steph. They have Clay. That's that's all you need to know. Right. So anything is possible. Huge offensive numbers are always possible when those two guys are on the floor. We're talking to Kevin Ray, Bally Sports. It is game day with K. Ray. Now we do game day with K. Ray every weekday when there's a game, which means the last time we actually talked to K was last Wednesday, going into the Oklahoma City game. So we haven't even really got to talk to you yet, K. Since all the KD stuff went down, what was your, uh, I guess, initial reaction in the moment and? Um, can you give us any advice on how to emotionally deal with this now a few days later? <laughs> hey, I'm I'm like the rest of you. I'm still trying to process it, but yeah, it, it was you know one of the most bizarre things because here's the deal: I I had gone out onto the floor apparently just after this, you know, just after he rolled his ankle had taken place, but nobody said anything about it. So I'm out there and I'm videotaping him for like two, two and a half minutes of his shooting routine. And I post it, you know, on my Instagram page saying, you know, making home debut and everything. <laughs> Don't think anything about it. I go in, I grab a bite to eat. I'm getting ready to walk out. And, and EJ, who was not doing the game that night, says, you know, hey, what's is KD not playing tonight? I'm like, what? No, he's playing tonight. I said he was just out there warming up. <laughs> and as we know, like 10 minutes later, it comes out. 
left ankle soreness. I was like, what What am I missing? And then, you know, Kellen Olsen uh, was the one that, that had the, the great angle of it, and you could see the, the shot of it there as KD's going in for the layup and rolls the ankle, and uh, yeah, I mean, absolutely crazy. Um, they managed to, you know, handle their business against Oklahoma City that night, but, uh, you know, against a, a I mean, really talented and explosive Sacramento team uh, just didn't have enough firepower, and their defense was was not as sharp as it had been. So, you know, and and they're going to need to tighten the screws defensively tonight against this Warriors team because they're number two in offense. Okay, what is going on with campaign? Um, Here's a guy over his last six games has averaged 5.3 points, and, you know, they expect him to be a spark plug, and he really hasn't been that this year. What's going on with campaign, Ken? Yeah, I I don't know, uh, Wolf. It is a question that needs to be answered pretty quickly you know we and in being quite candid when you look at that Sacramento game as poorly as the starters played at times and allowed Sacramento to get loose I mean it, it really came down to the Suns bench they they just got like outworked out hustled mm-hmm. outplayed save for Terrence Ross's you know uh, numbers that night but you know with with Cam and, and you know I'll, I'll throw um, you know I'll throw Dan Damian Lee in there as well. Yeah. Uh, just in, in working on game prep for tonight, you know, Damian's only scored uh, double figures twice in the last 13 games. And you throw in campaign and his productivity or lack of productivity, and it's it's very similar. Um, you know, so you, you've got a situation. And, you know, he, he compounded that by running into to foul trouble uh, the other night. You know, picked up three fouls in a span of about three minutes, and so just really puts you in a you know in an extremely tough spot. And they they've got to be able to get more productivity, uh, getting people involved. I mean, he's only been in double figures once, and that was his first game back against Oklahoma City. So Cam and that defense and and their bench needs to you know get stabilized and sooner than later and you know maybe maybe the fact that he had his season high against the warriors way back in november uh maybe tonight it will come full circle and we'll see one of those campaign kind of games yeah we're talking to kevin ray of valley sports and k ray sort of along those lines you know chris paul plays 39 minutes on saturday he's been well into the 30s and 12 of his last 14 games and if you just look at his last six games he had a, a 39 minute game in there and a 40 minute game in there and that's not all because of campaign, but are you comfortable with how much Chris Paul's playing right now? You know, I, I am, guys, only because when you consider the amount of time that he has missed... And and look, Monty has been you know very open at saying you you know you can't get guys prepared for the stress and number of minutes that they will be playing in the playoffs by playing a guy you know twenty eight minutes you know regularly, and so part of it is Monty trying to get these guys ramped up. Now, granted, you know you have a situation like tonight and tomorrow night, so you've got a back to back. So I'm sure he will try to monitor that as best as possible. But at this point, man, you got to win games. <laughs> like, you know, a two or three game slide, and 
you could go from that four spot all the way down to the six spot. So uh, that you, it, it's a delicate balance of trying to you know keep guys fresh, but you got to win games. That's what it comes down to. Based on the matchups with the Warriors tonight, um, who do you think is going to be a difference maker tonight? Well, you know, I, I've I've felt like in these matchups, DA becomes a, a big difference maker because the Suns have done a great job of being able to control the glass uh, against this Warriors team. That was one of the things that Golden State did against Milwaukee. Draymond and Kevon Looney both put up big numbers on the glass, and you know, you're just able to to get transition. You're able to get second shot opportunities, and if those second shots turn into to made threes, then it just really puts that much pressure on the defense. So to me, you know, we, we haven't seen DA have one of those big scoring nights, big, you know, big double double nights in a while. Um, I, I, I can see him being in a position to do just that tonight. Talking to Kevin Ray of Bally Sports. Uh, Kay, my biggest concern with the, the, the Kevin Durant injury is just how much time is Monty Williams going to have to actually put his rotation together and, and see this team play some actual games before the playoffs, figure out who he has on the bench. But uh, Terrence Ross sure looks like he's going to be a permanent fixture in the playoff rotation if the last few games are any indication. Yeah, look, and and I had you know a number of people ask me after the deal is like you know so what 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 is Terrence Ross really going to give us? And I'm like, look, if you're just basing it off of Terrence's numbers in the last few years, then I get get it. But he was on an extremely one of the youngest teams in the NBA in Orlando, so they were phasing him as a veteran out. It had nothing really to do with whether Terrence could play. Uh, you had to go back five or six years to see that Terrence Ross, and that's exactly the version of Terrence Ross that we've seen now the last two games. He is a guy that can fill it up quickly. And let's you know, let's be honest. I mean, the Suns haven't had one of those guys in a while. That's why if if you can keep him going and you can get Cam setting the table and you know stinging the defense with those drives to the basket and get Damian Lee, you know, back to where he was consistently flirting with double figure scoring nights, then that's the defense and that's the bench that gives you hope and confidence, you know, going into the postseason. Okay, Ray, great stuff as always, man. We'll talk to you again tomorrow, actually. There we go, boys. Have yourself a great Monday. Okay, you too, bro. That's Kevin Ray of Bally Sports getting ready for Suns Warriors tonight. And you know, you mentioned it, Wolf. The Warriors still look like the Warriors at home. They do not on the road yet, but that's uh, they still have Steph and they still have Clay. So <laughs> obviously not an easy basketball game. We come back. Legal tampering is here. Free agency just days away. Who could the Cardinals be targeting this week? Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.